Hello, and welcome to The Purpose. I'm Bill Brunson. And I'm Kip McClurg. And today, we'll be reading a passage of Scripture that's found in the Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter, beginning in the 29th verse. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him at once about her. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed by demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on then to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout all Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. Now, this reading uh, is truly a direct follow-up to the previous uh, the previous section of Mark's gospel. Sometimes, in, in as you read the gospel, it's later that day or the next day or something like that. This is immediately picking up because the last passage talked about how he was in Capernaum and it was Sabbath and he went to the synagogue to teach. Um, there he taught with authority. He didn't just simply read the scroll like a scribe would and or be read the scroll like a Pharisee would where he would read the scroll and then stress the issues of the law. He taught with authority. He read the scroll and he would talk to them about what that meant for them and what God would be expecting from them. And while he was there, it says that a a man with an unclean spirit was present and the spirit began the unclean spirit began to cry out. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And, of course, Jesus tells him to be quiet and to come out of the man, and, and he does. Well, here, this passage picks up immediately. Uh, they leave the synagogue, and if you're, in the, if you're in Capernaum, you would leave the synagogue, and they walk about 100 yards toward the Sea of Galilee, and there on the left-hand side of the road is the home of Simon, and his, his brother Andrew is staying with them with him, and, and it's technically the home of Simon's mother-in-law uh, in, in Capernaum. And this, we understand how the, the Jewish faith works in that uh, they're there in the house, and uh, Jesus actually heals the mother-in-law, though we never really cite this, or it doesn't really cause controversy that Jesus does a healing on the Sabbath, uh, because he heals the mother-in-law on the Sabbath, uh, but no one else is around, so the Pharisees aren't there to throw a fit about it, nor any of the chief priests or other people from the temple, but he does heal the mother-in-law on the Sabbath. But then it says that evening at sunset and just notice that there when you read scripture and you see something like that there are specific reasons why we might have that kind of notation it's not just telling you in the evening 
at sunset because they want you to picture the sun setting over the Sea of Galilee and how beautiful that might be. Um, it's telling you that because these are faithful Jews. They've all made their way home after leaving the synagogue. All the men have gone back to their houses, and they've all remained in their houses, and they've not done any of their usual work, and they've not walked any further than the law prescribed, and all the things of the law for the Sabbath they have attended to. But now three stars have appeared in the sky, the sun is setting, and Sabbath is over. They can leave their houses. And they have probably spent all afternoon talking about Jesus casting out a demon in the middle of the Sabbath service at the synagogue. And so it's time. Let's go. We're going to go over there where he's staying with Simon at his mother, Simon's mother-in-law's house. And we're going to take our sick people with us. And we're going to take some of the people that we know that might be demon-possessed. And we're going to go and we're going to get them healed. I love it that it says the whole city came to show up to, to watch what was going on. I mean, this became a, a, a town event. Right. They, right. They were all there to see the, the I want to say show, but I mean, it's pretty miraculous. It's pretty miraculous. And, and it says that, you know, he is, he's healing people and he is casting out demons. Uh, but you know, he's not letting the demons talk. Of course, uh, <laughs> that's not, that's not allowed because they know who he is just like the, the, the demon in the synagogue knew that he was Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy One of God. Uh, he doesn't need very many more demons decrying that. Yeah, and he doesn't need any more tes testimonies from the demon. No, they're, uh, they've already uh, identified him in ways that, well, might cause trouble with the temple. And so he just brings them out but keeps them silent. And it's, you know, it's a fascinating it's a fascinating story. I mean, all these people bringing everyone they've got to Simon's house and Jesus. I mean, I always picture this almost like a uh, um, an assembly line kind of thing. The, the the conveyor belts rolling by, and Jesus is healing this one's hand, healing that one's stomach. You know, casting demons out of the third guy. I mean, it's you know just cranking them through as they walk in the front door and walk out the back door of Simon Peter's house. It's always a, an odd, an odd image. Now, we can pause here and we can do an aside. And so, if you want to uh, picture that, you know, we're 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 going to leave the the body of the scripture and we're going to go to what is called um, historical extraction, and that is where you take what you absolutely know from history and then you extract from it how things happened or what that what what might be the cause and effect that led to that well here from scripture we know that Simon is living in Capernaum and he's living in the house with his mother-in-law here's where we'll do historical extraction uh, and we know scripture tells us that Simon and Andrew are from Bethsaida which is another city that's on is one of the ten cities uh, that surround the Sea of Galilee. Bethsaida is a fishing village. Literally means Bethsaida. Literally means house of fish. And so Peter and Andrew are from Bethsaida. But Peter 
is living in Capernaum in his mother-in-law's house. And so one possible scenario that helps us to understand this is that Peter, it's quite possible Peter was not the oldest child in his family. Um, in Bethsaida, there may, there may have been a family fishing business that would, could only support so many people. You know, there's only so much money to be made. There's only so many boats you can have and only so many fish can be caught kind of thing. And so he possibly has one or two older brothers who had already apprenticed themselves to their father and became part of the fishing business there and would take that job over from their father and would that would be where they would live the rest of their life. Peter it seems, has married someone from Capernaum, which might have been a, a, possible, a possibility. There's a lot of, uh, of uh, biblical scholars who believe that Peter's father-in-law and Zebedee, the uh, father of James and John, that they had been in a, a fishing business together because they seemed to be the partners to Peter in this business. But it could be that Peter's father-in-law and mother-in-law either only had girls, so no boy to take over the family business of fishing, or they had son, one son or more who had died and were not able to take over the business. And so it, it seems that, that quite possible that the marriage was arranged Peter has married and has moved to Capernaum and is now in charge of this part of this fishing business where he's a fisherman in Capernaum with his own boat. Uh, James and John have apprenticed themselves to their father Zebedee, who has his boat. And Andrew is obviously younger than Peter, is what's speculated. And he was the son that, well, he ends up going into the into the faith or into the church in a way uh, because when we first encounter him in scripture he's actually gone and apprenticed himself to John the Baptist he is a disciple of John the Baptist before he is a disciple of Jesus and so that's what brings Peter to Capernaum and then Andrew comes with, with Jesus and when he moves into Capernaum and they stay in, in this house of, of Peter's mother-in-law. And so it gives us a little bit of historical extraction to help us understand how they get to Capernaum. But Capernaum ends up being the, the base of operations for Jesus for three years of ministry. And so he's just performed... Uh, the casting out of a demon in the synagogue in Capernaum. He's just healed his mother-in-law, uh, Peter's mother-in-law, on the Sabbath in Capernaum, and he's just healed people with uh, who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons that he wouldn't permit to speak, all in Capernaum. And so great things are happening in Capernaum. But the next morning, there's a shift. In the morning, it says, while it's still dark, Jesus gets up and goes out by himself to pray. 
all along the Sea of Galilee, there are little caves that people then and people even now will go and, and sit in the cave during during the, the start of the day, and you will back yourself into the cave so that you can't really see left or right. All you can see is the, the Sea of Galilee in front of you. You're looking out at that placid lake, and it's very uh, relaxing and you can center yourself on God, and, and Jesus goes and does this and begins to pray. And it says that Simon and the others are hunting for him. Now, I always picture this. A lot of caves around the Sea of Galilee, you don't know how many people have backed up into those, into different caves, sitting there praying, and you wonder how many of those Simon ran by and stuck his head in and interrupted somebody and said, oh, sorry, you're not Jesus, and kept going until finally, it's Jesus. And he says, everyone's searching for you. And Jesus responds, not, oh, great, let's go back. We can line them up, and we'll, today we're going to do it differently. I want to do, I want to heal one, cast out one, heal one, cast out one. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't buy into that. Instead, he says, all right. Well, let's move on then. Let's go and, and tour through the neighboring towns so I can proclaim the message there because that's what I'm here to do. And th that didn't seem like the answer uh, that uh, Peter was looking for. Uh, it se seemed like he was ready to let stoke the fires of, of Capernaum and 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 really become famous, really become the center of attention in town. Yeah, I mean, after all, I mean, if uh, we understand that Peter is, of course, married, um, and we uh, we also understand through a couple of passages of Scripture that the other disciples are all uh, single at this point and in their teens, anywhere from 12 or 13 years old up to um, 19 years old, um, and they're, they probably have never been the center of attention, and they're young enough that they probably still want some fame. They think fame is, is what's important. And so, yeah, hey, what they're wanting is you come back to town, Jesus, and we're going to be famous by association. We're going to be popular by association. We're going to work this system so that, hey, you want to meet Jesus? You want to get healed? You want to get that demon cast out? Come on. let's you know, you Just come and talk to me. I can get you the hookup. I, I know a guy. I yeah. know a guy. And uh, but I love his answer. Yeah. Uh, Jesus' answer is, well, let us go to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came to do. It, the message wasn't to be bottled up. Their job was not to become famous in, in, in the center of, of attention in a small town, but it was to go throughout Galilee. It was to go throughout the region, uh, healing, uh, proclaiming the good news of Christ, uh, getting demons uh, cast out of people. Uh, and so I guess Peter had this well this terrible realization hey i'm gonna have to get on the road <laughs> we're he's taking this show out of my hometown and yeah. uh 
I'm not sure how my wife's going to deal with that, but I think we're about to leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jesus, when he says he that he has to go and proclaim the message, well, if you go back in the Gospel of, of Mark, back up to the 14th chapter, I mean, the 14th verse of the first chapter, it tells us what the message is. He It says that, you know, now when John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, uh, so he came He came to the Galilee, which is where Capernaum's located. He came to the Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, change your heart and lives, and believe in the good news. That That's a pretty good message. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus is not willing to let popularity or the desire for popularity or ego or anything else hold him back from proclaiming that message because he knows that if you're going if if we are going to have the the relationship with God that we can have that is possible he knows step one is to repent, to change our heart and lives, and to believe the good news, the the message of, of love and hope and forgiveness that he's come to not only proclaim, but also to embody. You know, the, the thing that really catches me in this passage um, is how many people were healed and how many people had the demons cast out of them and not all of not all of the the gospel records shows this many healings but this is just an enormous number and you know there are a lot of ways to describe why uh, Jesus came into our world and what Jesus purpose was and uh, they're called in in theology atonement theories why why is it that that Jesus came to atone to 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 bring us back to God and and how you describe that indescribable event how do you put into words this this amazing choice that part of the godhead came into the world and in the west we often focus on legal language uh, substitutionary language where there was a debt that had to be paid or uh, there was some obligation uh, in Matthew and Mark sometimes uh, there's a sense that the Satan uh, had a plan and 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 Jesus became a ransom to sort of uh, to to help us be freed by paying that ransom um, the the images of we were slaves, but God freed us. That's another way to describe what, what Jesus has done. Paul loved to, to focus on uh, the cosmic and then the revelation of the cosmic victor that came. Um, and then reconciling uh, us with God who were enemies. But in this passage is, is an image that comes out of more out of the Eastern Church, out of the Eastern uh, Church Fathers. Uh, particularly Chris Austin, where we are people because of original sin, we are we're sick. Our souls 
uh, have a disease that have and need to be healed. And until we allow God to heal us, uh, we can never be whole. And it, to me, that image changes everything. So because so often, I guess I, I look back in my history and and uh, the uh, kind of the culture that I was brought up in. God was always the judge, uh, trying to trying to enforce kind of the legality. Well, when you change that image from kind of the judge that's never quite happy but will be appeased by this law or by Jesus' substitution, to God is the healer who's the great physician who wants my life whole. And he's not doing it – I don't have to feel guilty about where my life is, but I've got to acknowledge that, man, there's some symptoms of sickness that that – seem to be tearing my life apart. But God, Jesus stands at the ready to deal with the demons of our lives and sits at the ready to to heal us physically but also spiritually so that we can be truly whole again as God had hoped that we could be. That's the uh, that's the amazing thing is that we we read scripturally about the stories of Jesus casting out demons and Jesus healing. And we can tie that into just the biblical time. Oh, that that's just, those are the kind of things that happened when Jesus was here. But Jesus still does it in deep ways in our lives. Jesus is still the source of healing. Um, he's still the source of hope. Um, and it, it's still, it's not that Jesus once, once healed, but doesn't do that anymore. He's out of the healing business. He still does it. Um, and we just, you know, I, I think there's a, a powerful image in all the healing stories is Jesus always is ready to heal, but people have to be ready to be healed. They have to come to him. Or they have to acknowledge him. Uh, they call out to him. I mean, these are the images we have in, in Scripture. And there's there's not one where Jesus looks at them and goes, I don't think you're worthy of that. <laughs> Every time he, he does, he, he, he wants us to be whole, healthy, mentally, spiritually, physically. He is his goal. I mean, he is, is what he would prefer. Um, and so I, I think that the idea that that we have sin sick souls that need to be saved need to be healed, we still have a healer in our Savior who can do the job. You know, I think a week or so ago you and I were just talking off the cuff about our kind of experience and what it means uh, of what a demon is and what what we had. Our life experience was was with that, and I think so. Over time, we we often ascribe to the demonic things that we don't understand, and so there are things that, like in mental health, where where people that uh, they had they had mental health uh, medicines probably wouldn't have been considered demonic, but that was the only kind of category. Uh, but you and I both came to the kind of conclusion that there have been people that we've dealt with who have 
given power of their life over to other forces that though we don't see a devil behind every bush, we've seen the power that those people gave to, to that other force destroy them. And and the good news of the gospel is, and there's so often that we don't real, perhaps we don't realize what we're messing with, but suddenly we've given away control of our life to something that we can't control anymore. And the good news is that he can come and heal, and and those demons know him by name, and uh, and they're afraid of him. And God can still is a part of the healing business. Oh, definitely, definitely, and and. So I mean you can if you think about if you think about in your life where you need healing maybe it's in relationship with someone maybe it is in your attitude maybe it I mean there are a lot of ways and a lot of places that you may need healing in your life Jesus is the one we can turn to and go to for that help but also we can think about the places in our lives where we have allowed things to to possess us um uh it may be for for you that's the grudges that you hold and they are what you think about you allow them to possess you and they're what dominate your thought along the way i mean throughout the day and and or maybe it's just your anger, or maybe it is past failures. Uh, there's so much that is there. Jesus is the one that we can go to. I think this is a very powerful passage because it shows the it, it shows that Jesus isn't about hype, and Jesus isn't about ego. Jesus is here for us, and nothing's going to stop that. He had a message to proclaim, and he had a mission to fulfill, and he still does. He still has that same message to share and that same mission to accomplish if we will open our hearts and let him. I hope that you'll join us next time on The Purpose. May God bless you as you go through your week.